Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting experts straight talk in your ear. These podcasts deliver great interviews with industry leaders and Zweig Group's three decades of invaluable research, leadership, management, marketing, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts let you develop personally and professionally, wherever you are. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we're excited today to come to you with another great episode. I have a guest that I'm sure you're going to want to hear from. Brian Whaler is the president and chief executive officer of Earth Resource Engineers and Consultants out of Eastern Pennsylvania. They've got several offices and we'll talk a little bit about that in, in a second. But Brian, it's so good to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast and joining us. How are you doing? Good, good. Great to be here, Randy. Good, good, good. So, Brian, I mean, you certainly are an overachiever with your background and skill set. And, and, and what I wanted to do is I want to kind of learn a little bit more about you and, and you know, kind of what led you to, to, to the role that you're currently in right now with uh, Earth Resource and, and, and just learn a little bit about your superhero origin story. <laughs> that superhero might be a stretch there. Uh, you're, you're generous. Um, sure. So uh, I guess my story begins early on. Um, my father was a uh, geologist and uh, worked for an environmental consulting firm. And so I was around this profession from a very early time. And uh, got exposed to it as I was growing up and, you know, would visit my dad at the office and kind of had a sense of what it involved, um, but also had a passion for the outdoors and for science. And it ultimately led me down the path of uh, going to college to uh, study geology and environmental science. That was my, my real passion at the time. Um, I was also a, a football player in high school and the college I selected actually recruited me to play football. So that certainly helped. And I probably ended up getting into a college that I wouldn't otherwise have just based on academics. So um, that was a nice uh, combination and they had a great program in geology. So um, went to four year college and uh, graduated 
and uh, went to work uh, for uh, the firm that my father had started. So he he had sold his company that he had worked at when I was younger and started a new firm, which is ARM Group, which is uh, where I work today. And uh, so there was only a few guys working there at the time. And so I, I started getting involved and working on some different types of environmental projects and hydrogeology projects and dabbled a little bit on the uh, environmental engineering side. And uh, the, the engineering uh, really intrigued me. And uh, I, I certainly enjoyed the analytical nature of it. And after a couple years, um, I recognized that I could probably go a lot further if I also had an engineering degree. So I elected to go back to college I uh, got a second bachelor's degree in civil engineering and then went on to get my master's degree in civil engineering as well. So um, that was kind of my progression. And then I went back after my graduate degree to ARM group and uh, have since been able to combine my experience and background in both geology and civil engineering uh, with an emphasis in geotechnical engineering and solid waste engineering. Um, which has broadened into other areas. But uh, I guess that's the two-minute version of uh, my background and kind of how I got to where I am today. Oh, man. Yeah, well, no, certainly. And I do apologize. I don't know why I was up here reading um, something off of your website because it says Earth Resource Engineers and Consultants. And I'm like, wait a minute. I don't think that's the name of the firm, but it is Arm Group. So just so everybody knows, and that will be in our show notes and a link to to Brian's firm and, and – um, Contact information for Brian uh, will certainly be in the show notes. So everybody listening will be able to access that information. Um, but no, I, I, that, I appreciate that. So, so really arm is, is, is almost a family business. Yeah, in a sense, it, it has been. Um, my, my father did uh, retire in uh, 2011 and okay. uh, actually went on and, and did some other things uh, in related industries. But uh, yeah, he has since moved on. And, uh, you know, we now have uh, about 145 employees and uh pretty diverse operation with uh, seven office locations throughout Pennsylvania and Maryland. And uh, we get involved in yeah quite a wide range of projects. So it's uh, expanded and diversified quite a bit since uh, it was first founded in 1998 uh, by my father. And then he uh, had a few guys that he brought on right away, but it went from a handful of, of guys to 145 in about 20 years. Wow. Wow. So what would you say is how how were you received in kind of in terms of taking over the helm of the company from from your dad? I mean, I know sometimes and we see that a lot with with design firms where, you know, a father uh, or a parent will turn over a company to the, to the children to run in some instances. In some instances, that doesn't happen. I mean, we have clients now that, um, you know, I asked them, are, are your kids in the business or in the industry? And they're like, no, they, they do something totally different. They don't even want to be engineers or architects. So I, fi I find that interesting. I mean, you kind of followed in your dad's footsteps. Um, how has that transition been? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's definitely something that wasn't predestined 
that, you know, I would come in and, you know, work there for a number of years and then, you know, take over the reins. That was by no means something that was discussed with my father or thought by really anybody that was involved with the organization when I joined it. So it was certainly, you know, a well-run organization. It had strong management. It had, you know, several other uh, senior principals uh, working for the firm. And so it wasn't a situation where, oh, yeah, Brian is the logical successor to this business. So it was it was something that over time and as I gained experience and, you know, I guess the other folks in the company, you know, felt that I was qualified that it became, you know, more of a, I guess, a good decision to put, appoint me to that role. But it was uh, certainly something that was, uh, uh, I guess, earned over time, not something that was uh, preordained. Yeah, or a foregone conclusion, you know, if right. you will. So, well, well, okay. Well, with that said, then, what advice would you give to a, a design firm owner right now that may be faced with that opportunity. They have a child that is coming up through the firm, but they also don't want to uh, appear as if they're just, just that's it's just that's just the natural order of things. When when we we know that that's not always the case. What advice would you give, or maybe what what one key thing that your dad did that allowed you to be able to ultimately assume leadership, and it wasn't maybe you know a painful experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good question. I haven't really thought much about, um, you know, one of the things I think that was certainly helpful for me was to get, um, first of all, to have a broad enough education to be able to understand at a pretty deep and technical level all the different things that we did as a company. Right. So it was certainly helpful to understand the geology side, the environmental side, the engineering side, and to be able to speak intelligently and understand how those operations ran. So having that background and education and experience was certainly important. Um, but, you know, I'd say you have to be able to, you know, do all the things that make an engineering company successful. You have to be able to do those things well. Yeah. You have to be able to do the technical work well. Yeah. You have to be able to manage the client relationships, to have good communication, have good writing skills. You have to be successful in business development. You have to grow accounts. You have to bring in new work. Um, you have to keep the existing clients happy. You have to understand the financial side of the business and how it makes money and how you, you can lose money and, um, you know, all the, the financial aspects that make a firm successful. So I guess, you know, it's important to, to really have a pretty good grasp of every facet of the business, not only to understand it, but to actually have done it at some level. So I think that's probably the most important thing is to really have the exposure in all the aspects of the business that make it run. Right, right. Well, yeah, and obviously you guys are, are, are certainly doing that. As as I look at some of the accolades that uh, that Arm has received, uh, I mean, you guys have won a ton of awards. Um from the uh, Solid Waste Association of North America, SWANA. And uh, I mean, you guys have, have kind of been killing it, actually, um, in, in a number of the different areas that um, the verticals that you work in. Uh, how have you been able to sustain that type of excellence across the board? Yeah, so, you know, I, I would say, first and foremost, we're very strong technically. 
Um, that's really our, our fundamental skill set and our fundamental driver is solving problems, finding good technical solutions to problems that are also, you know, financially sound and cost effective. So uh, we've been able to attract and retain, you know, very bright people who are very strong technically, but also communicate well and can see the big picture and can understand the financial implications of the various solutions. And so I think that's been one of our greatest strengths. And um, over time, we've been able to take that model and, and expand it. And we've been able to diversify into some different markets as we've seen opportunity and where we thought that our skill sets were transferable. And so it's, you know, even though we've been able to grow pretty steadily, it's, you know, it's been a gradual and sustained and controlled growth. And so I think we've been able to stay true to what made us successful in the early days. And we're still trying to do that today. And uh, we're very cognizant of not allowing ourselves to become a really big company that uh, has lots of uh, bureaucracy or layers of decision making or um, is super risk averse or uh, just is not able to be very nimble and mm -hmm. adaptable and to jump on opportunities as they arise. So those are some of the things that I think have been key to to our success. Okay. Wow. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. So you, a couple of the areas, uh, the, the areas that you guys focus in are solid waste, natural gas, and renewable energy. Out of those three, and I'm not asking you to pick a favorite, but I am. <laughs> what, which one do you see the most upside or opportunity in, or do you, do you think all three have their have their benefits as far as upside is concerned? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question as well that I haven't given much thought to. But um, solid waste engineering has really been our bread and butter over the years. That's really been our I'd say our strongest and most stable market since the very beginning, okay. and we've been able to continue to grow that and it's uh, very strong today and it's still one of our largest if not our largest practice area within the organization okay. um, so that's been fantastic if you if you say you know from sitting here today what do i think has the greatest potential growth opportunity i would say it's probably more likely in the renewable space i knew you're gonna say um, that yeah, so we're we're seeing a ton of opportunity in the in the renewable space, not just solar, but also uh, wind energy, anaerobic digesters, all kinds of you know alternative and renewable forms of energy. So that's exciting. I feel like we're well positioned to capitalize on that growth. Um, we have a an established renewable energy practice. We've done quite a few projects. Um, but I think the the upside potential there is tremendous. Uh, the the oil and gas space is uh, it's very volatile, uh, <laughs> as you can probably appreciate. It yeah. tends to ebb and flow with the prices of commodities, which yep. is understandable. Um, so you know it's been a good one for us. We've kind of ridden it up and down and through some of the different cycles, but it's still very important. Um, practice area for us, and I think it will continue to be. Um, I just read an article recently that Pennsylvania has over 200, 230 years of natural gas sitting in the ground, even at today's production rates, yeah. which is pretty incredible when you think about it. And given its location and its proximity to 
nearly you know half the country's population um, and the ability to export natural gas overseas, which is growing and growing. I see that being a, a very good market uh, in the, the coming decades. I think there's going to continue to be ups and downs, but I think the long-term trend is, is positive and it's certainly a market that we're going to continue to stay committed to. Okay. Well, that's cool. Um, are you having trouble finding really good people in the areas of renewable energy? I mean, in terms of identifying and bringing on new talent for these areas, are you, are you, um, looking for people in all three of these vertical markets or is, 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 does one pose a greater challenge than another in terms of finding good people? Yeah. Great question. Um, Finding good people is a challenge in all of our markets <laughs> right now <laughs> across the board. Yeah. And I know that's a common thread. I, I've talked with a number of other firm leaders and uh, I've read all the survey data and it's, it's, I know it's not just us. No, it's not. It's not. So it's, it's a major challenge. Um, yeah, renewable energy, you know, finding uh, talented people there. Um, is, is certainly challenging. And, and the skill set is really variable. Um, you know, do you want someone that has that electrical engineering background? Do you want someone that has kind of the civil and environmental background? Do you want somebody that has more of the, the business and financial uh, acumen? Um, you, you almost need all of those skill sets. So you really have to know exactly what you're looking for. But um, th there's there's definitely a, a talent shortage in that space as well as as well as the others. So I, I don't know that one's any harder than another. Yeah. Um, although I will say that our, our solid waste space, I think because it's such a, a specialty area of engineering, there's not a lot of people that necessarily go into that field. And so more times than not, you know, we have to take a, a civil engineer that maybe is more of a generalist or maybe has a background in in geotechnical or, or some area of environmental and we train them and groom them. So, you know, those are some of the, the challenges that we encounter. Yeah. That's what we say. Hire for character, train for skill. The, the, the skill thing is easy to train for. It's the character issue. And um, I know you guys have some really high, high character people there at arms. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, so tell me, you know, what's what's the one thing that that arm is doing? Because you, you, you cited a major issue and a problem that most design firms are struggling with, which is finding and keeping really good people. What's the one thing that you think you guys do really well in terms of retaining the great talent that you have at arm? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, I would say the most important thing for us in retaining the people we have is is our culture. Um, they, they like the company, they like working here. They like what they do. Um, they like, um, the opportunities that are provided to them here. Um, there's really good interaction amongst the staff. People care about one another. They have fun together. Um, you know, we're serious when we need to be, but we try to, you know, kick back and, and enjoy it as well. And so I'd say that, you know, the culture is, is one of the, primary keys to our retention. And the other is just, I think everybody knows and believes that there's no limits to how far they can go within this organization. We're an employee-owned organization. Um, and so, you know, there's the opportunity to, if you do a great job and you're really committed to the company, you know, you can become an owner in the company. And I think that's appealing to a lot of folks. And 
you know, we really encourage just that ownership mentality and that entrepreneurial mindset Mm -hmm. that, you know, if you're really passionate about something, we're going to support that. And we're going to encourage you to become an expert in that area so that you can grow that thing that you're particularly passionate about, you know, provided there's a market for it and yeah, we yeah. Can make money as well. That's obviously important. Yeah. But um, yeah, we truly, we really try to support and encourage um, each individual's uh, passions and aptitudes. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, I mean, certainly that that would make a lot of sense. I know I noticed one of the awards that you guys did win. I mean, you won a lot of awards for a number of different things, but you're also one of the best places to work in Pennsylvania, um, which which is saying a lot. I mean, you guys have offices and a couple of locations in, in PA. It's Hershey State College, Pittsburgh, Wilkes-Barre. Any place else that I'm missing? Uh, and, and then, of course, Columbia, Maryland. But I'm talking about specifically in, in the Keystone State. You've got yeah. So our our electrical and automation group also has offices in um, Johnstown, okay. Um, okay, Mechanicsburg, and also um, North New Jersey. Where in North New Jersey? Uh, they're just outside of uh, New York City. What town? Um. <laughs> that's a good question. I forget what yeah, town yeah. it's in. Well, exactly. I'm, I'm from Teaneck, New Jersey. That's why when you said oh, that, you? I, yeah, that's why I was like, when you said North Jersey, I'm like, hey, you're speaking my language here. So, yeah, you know, that's yeah. good. We'll we'll figure it out. I'll put that in the show notes, and we'll determine okay. where that is. But no, that that's awesome um, that you guys are developing that kind of footprint because I know that there's plenty of work to be done, especially in New Jersey. You know, oh, when, yeah. when people always joke about Jersey, it's like when people think about New Jersey, they think about. Um, you know, factories and, you know, riding through Newark and, and other areas where, you know, there's just all kinds of industry, but people that people also don't recognize that New Jersey's called the garden state for a reason. And there's actually mm-hmm. a lot of farmland, a lot of, a lot of really, I mean, some of the best tomatoes that you, you've ever had come out yeah. of New Jersey. So, and yeah. Pennsylvania for that matter. I mean, you know, the Eastern side of PA has so many great farms. I mean, Amish country. I mean, you're, you're in, you're, you're kind of like in the heartland of, of that area. And there's just, just, just a lot of good, a lot of good, a uh, lot of good things about it. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, we've been uh, fortunate. Our our folks um, in in North Jersey have been working on a lot of projects in New York City okay. and North Jersey, and mm-hmm. they're still involved in a lot of work that um, came about from Hurricane Sandy. Oh wow! And all the you know the damage that was done. So we've been working on subway projects where we do the controls and automation for some of the uh, subway systems, like the ventilation mm-hmm. controls, track mm-hmm. controls. Um, doing some of the SCADA systems and uh, helping to rebuild uh, some of the electrical automation infrastructure that was damaged as part of Hurricane Sandy. So, you know, it's just uh, an example of some of the opportunities that exist in that that location. Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly nobody's going to suggest that ARM is a one trick pony because you guys are diversified for sure into a lot of areas, which I think has helped you. Um, as you guys continue to grow and is, is there an area that you want to get into that you haven't thought about getting that you haven't already? Um, yeah, there's some things that we've been, uh, looking at as that we think could complement what we're currently doing. Um, one of the areas that we're not active in right now is, um, really wastewater engineering. Okay. So, um, we think that that, you know, could be a good field for us to eventually get involved with, but we currently are not. 
Okay. All right. Well, there's always room, especially with 145 people. You you certainly have uh, you have that some of the bandwidth there for that. So yeah, you know, that's exciting. That's exciting. So, um, well, tell me. <sighs> I mean, you've been in the industry for a while. What what do you see for the design industry? What do you think is one of the biggest misnomers about our industry and, and what people think about it from the outside looking in? Because I think, you know, one of the things that we try to do, especially here on the on the Zweig Letter podcast, is to really try to elevate the conversation of, of what we're doing, right? Because, I mean, you have a job to do every day. Um, people, you know, you have clients that have needs, but... But what what is the what is the bigger picture uh, about about our industry and where you where you see it going um, mm-hmm. overall? I, I would just be curious to get your thoughts on it. And I know everybody has their own feeling or thought process. I just personally know that we need more people um, to work in the industry. Uh, we need mm-hmm. to 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 you know encourage more younger kids, like even kids my age. I have an, a 13, an 11, and an eight year old. That hey, being in you know STEM related industries you know, can really benefit you, but also can benefit the industry and can help our infrastructural growth here in this country. So I'd just mm-hmm. be curious to see what some of your thoughts are in, re- in relationship to that. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, well, for one, I think a lot of the public doesn't really understand what we do. Right. Um, you know, if, if they hear earth resource engineer and consultant a lot of times i get the question well, what is that what does that mean <laughs> yeah or even or even a civil engineer a lot of people don't understand what what that means and what they do so uh, you know it's an interesting field in that a lot of what we do is is under the radar and yeah. behind the scenes right yeah. i mean yeah. as long as the water lines are working as long as the power lines are working as long as people can flush their toilets and take their garbage out to the curb you know, nobody really uh, notices who's who's providing that. Yeah. So, and and that's okay. It's I think as a profession, we're not one that needs a lot of notoriety or or attention or spotlight. We we like what we do. We feel good that we're doing something that has a tangible benefit to society. I think that's very satisfying to most of the people that work in this field. So you know, it's interesting from that standpoint. But as far as the the future. Um, I think that need is only going to continue to grow. Um, you know, we, we've all been hearing about our infrastructure and how underfunded it is mm-hmm. and how it's uh, degrading. And it's going to take a lot of investment to uh, get it to where it needs to be in the next 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. And uh, we're going to need the, the people in the consulting and engineering and architectural profession to make that happen. And so I think that's going to continue to be a big driver for this industry. And so I think we're going to need, you know, good quality people that are coming into this field to be able to uh, deliver those results. Yeah. So it continues to be a challenge, like we talked about, you know, just attracting the people that we need to this profession. And, uh, you know, that that remains a struggle, I think. I don't know that I know what the answer is other than raising the awareness and helping people understand what the profession is all about and how um, exciting and important it is. And uh, hopefully that will help attract more people into the 
educational system that allows us as companies to eventually hire them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think my next question would simply be, and, and, and I mean, I just, you can just kind of list them out, but what, what kind of people do you guys hire out of the trades? I mean, is there, is there anything specifically that where, where you don't necessarily need this individual to have a four year bachelor's or whatever degree, but you know, cause that's the other big thing that we're, there's, what we're talking about is, you know, just encouraging some kids who aren't meant to go through a normal four year college that going to trade school is just as valuable, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got, you've got like right now, I have some friends that, that work up in, um, uh, sheet metal working up in Boston and they just can't get enough kids to do it. And, you know, they're paying 40, 50 bucks an hour for sheet metal workers and they just can't find enough people to fulfill it. But what kind of roles are you fulfilling in that, that area? And and what type of people do you look for, um, that have those, those types of skills that would, that would work at arm? Sure. Yeah. So I guess, one area that we would have that would be more of a, a trade, I guess, would be on the um, the CAD design mm-hmm. uh, side of our business. So we have a lot of folks that do our drafting and, um, you know, computer-aided uh, design for us that are uh, out of the, either a trade school or a two-year program. So that's certainly a great opportunity, a great, you know, field and an essential skill set for our business. Um, the other area I can think off the top of my head is on the construction inspection and oversight. Mm-hmm. Um, we we need, always need uh, good qualified uh, field inspectors and technicians that can be out there overseeing the um, installation and implementation of our designs and ensuring that they're being constructed properly properly and in accordance with the specs and the regulations. So those are a couple areas where, uh, you know, you don't necessarily need to have a four-year degree or an engineering degree, and you can make a very important contribution to this profession. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, that's cool. I mean, that's, well, there, there you have it. I mean, there's some, some really good opportunities out there for some folks that, that may, maybe don't want to go the traditional college route. Uh, and they can still get into, and I, I believe there's a, a huge need, uh, untapped resources of people that don't want to go to a four-year school, but, you know, there are some other, um, uh, areas within the design industry that, uh, their needs could be met, uh, by, you know, going through a trade program or, or some other type of training that would allow them to come into a firm like yours or any other and, and flourish and be re- really successful. Mm-hmm. So, sure. yeah. yeah. So, well, that's cool. Um, so I guess as we kind of wind this up and, and so our time is, is, is getting on here now and I, I promise you I wouldn't take up your whole day and I really do appreciate you, you, you sitting down and, and talking with us today. Um, sure. what, 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 what one last thought do you want to leave with the, the, the listening audience in terms of, um, you know, just, you know, what you guys are up to and what you're doing and, and, and kind of where, where your companies, where, where you see your company going in the next, you know, just three to five years, not even beyond that. Because again, I think with this whole, you know, issue of artificial intelligence, there are going to be a lot of changes, um, in the industry and especially in the industry that we work in. Automation is just going to grow. Um, there are going to be a number of things that people used to do that they're not going to do any longer because computers will do them better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just curious to see what you think about that and, and, and where you kind of see things in the next just simply two to three years. So between now and, 
you know, 20, uh, 2023. Uh, and then, cause sometimes I can't even see beyond that. So, you know, <laughs> it gets hard. I, I try to focus on what's right in front of me, not, you know, what's going to happen 20 years down the road. Cause we just don't know. I mean, things are going to change dramatically as, as artificial intelligence takes, um, takes hold. And, and I don't want to scare everybody, scare everybody into thinking that Skynet is going to take over. Right. And we're just going to have a bunch of terminators running around, but, um, you know, some of that is not far, far, it's a far reach. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious to see what you think about the next, you know, two, two, two to three to five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's uh, it's always hard to predict the future. And uh, I'll tell you, technology uh, certainly continues to play an increasing role in our industry. And it's something that we uh, pay very close attention to. And we're constantly you know, looking at the new and evolving technologies to see how we could incorporate those into our business. Um, can they help us on the production side? Can they help us be more efficient? Or does it become something that presents an opportunity to offer to our clients as a service, whether it's data management, whether it's GIS, whether it's some sort of automation system, which we're, we're doing now. We have, you know, like I said, an in-house electrical automation and controls group that, you know, that's what they do. They focus on how can we uh, convert a process to an automated one that can be controlled remotely so you don't have to necessarily have somebody there uh, babysitting a system or manually controlling it. So I feel like ARM is is well positioned for that evolution. And, uh, you know, it's, and it's certainly not something that we're going to be complacent about. We're going to continue to uh, try to stay on the cutting edge and make sure that we're at least aware of the available technologies and how they could uh, benefit us and our clients. So, um, you know, I'd say for us in the next three to five years, um, you know, we're very committed to growing the organization. Uh, we have a, a really nice group of uh, younger folks within the organization, you know, that have 20 plus years left in their career. So they have a lot of energy mm-hmm. and they're, they're in it for the long haul. And uh, so I think we have that critical mass that wants to continue to push the organization forward, uh, to grow it and to expand it, to diversify it, to continue to attract the best and brightest to our organization. So I think it's going to be a a really exciting time, you know, especially if the economy continues (laughs) to perform well, which is always a big question mark. Right. But, um, you know, with, like I said, the, the infrastructure investment needs, um, with an aging population where you have a lot of people retiring, with the transformation in our energy industry to more of a clean energy economy, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities to propel growth. And I'm, I'm excited about, you know, being part of that and, you know, the role that ARM can play in that. Okay, cool. Well, that's good. Um, well, it totally makes sense. And I think it's going to be interesting to see um, how that technology really impacts firms like yours and allows you to, um, it, it gives you, I, I think, more flexibility to do more things and to provide greater services to the client. So um, certainly that, that should be exciting. All right. So as we close out, Got, got I have four quick questions for you that uh, that I, I know our listening audience wants to know. Please tell me the last book that you read. Um, let's see. What was the last book that I read? Um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Okay. All right. That's a good book. Um, it was one of my favorites. I've read that several times. So 
Um, and there's a, there's an audio cassette that goes along with that. That's pretty good too. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, that's a classic one. Uh, what was your last, the last movie you saw? Hmm. Boy, it's been a while since I've, uh, gone to the movie. I think it was Jumanji two. That's a good one. I saw that as well. My kids love that. They forced me yes. to buy that for them on iTunes. Uh, how about the last? How about the last vacation? And Aspen doesn't count unless you you brought your your family to Aspen, which I don't think you did. No, and I unfortunately I didn't. Um, the last vacation was to Costa Rica. Oh, to go, to go okay. surfing. And we talked about Costa Rica. So okay, yeah. cool. So well, yeah. How did I know that? That's awesome. And then, what is your favorite quote? <clears throat> Okay, that would be a Napoleon Hill quote. Okay. There let me let me try to get this right. It's okay. We'll clean it up if we, if if you're off by just a, a a syllable or two or a word or two, it's fine. Okay. There's always room for the man who delivers the goods when he said he would. Right. Okay. All right, I like that. Um there's always room for the man who delivers the goods when he said he would. So, all right. I will look that up and I'll make sure we put that in our show notes, but that's cool. Okay, good. I just thought about that. I just said, you know, I want to find out what Brian's favorite quote is. I mean, we all have quotes to live by and, mm -hmm. um, you know, one of my favorite ones is a closed mouth doesn't get fed because it applies to so many different things, but we need to speak up when we want things and go after them. And that can apply in business that can apply in life in so many different ways. And so I, I always encourage people to do that, but man, Brian, thank you so much, uh, for taking time out of your Friday. Friday schedule to to connect with us. Um, it was certainly an honor and a pleasure uh, to meet you in Colorado and Aspen. We had a blast there um, enjoying Bloody Marys and uh, a lot of really good education and time with each other. So I really do appreciate that. Um, but uh, thank you so much for being on this Wide Letter podcast. It was, uh, it was a blast to have you on the show. No, it was my pleasure, and uh, it was great talking with you, Randy. I appreciate it. Okay, cool, cool. Well, folks, there you have it. Brian Whaler from ARM Group. Uh, of course, I butchered the name at the beginning. I was saying Earth Resource Engineers and Consultants, but I cleaned it up. And uh, again, he's with ARM Group. Uh, we will put uh, a link to their website and uh, a link to Brian's contact information in the show notes if you want to connect with him and, and ask him some questions. He's a super smart guy. He's got a BA in geology, a Bachelor of Science in Civil Engineering. And if that's not enough, a Master's of Science in Civil Engineering. So he's cl clearly an underachiever, but he has a lot to share. We really appreciate him coming on the podcast podcast today and and, uh, and speaking with us. Um, folks, I just wanted to remind you guys that we have a lot going on here this summer at Zwei Group. Uh, I really wanted to encourage you, uh, if you haven't already, to check out our hot firm um, design industry awards ceremony that is coming up in September, the third week of September. And I think, you know, you guys, there's still not too late uh, to book your space and participate in this industry leading event. It is, uh, we used to say it's like the Inc. 500, 5000 um, dinner or, and, and ceremony that they have in, in DC every year. It's, but this is specifically for the design industry. And so we really want to, to take a, a time out to celebrate this great industry and the amazing people. That's you 
the listening public and, and those of you that are doing some amazing things as firm owners, firm leaders, and just the folks that work in the design firms that make it happen every day. And so we want to celebrate you. And we, we spend a day and a half doing that. We'll be in Dallas, Texas this year, the third week of September at the Fairmont Hotel. You can find out more information on our website at zweiggroup.com. Uh, in addition, I also want to give you a gift because it wouldn't be, you know, what would life be like if you just listened to this podcast and didn't get anything out of it, aside from the great information and, and uh, advice that Brian gave today on this podcast. But that gift is the Zweig Letter. Um, the Zweig Letter is a newsletter that has run continuously since 1992, almost 30 years of outstanding information, purely catered to the design industry, 12 pages Every Monday comes out. The Zweig Letter has been an outstanding publication, and I want to give it to you for free. That's right. You'll get the digital subscription for free. It will come out every Monday at noon. All you have to do is go to zweiggroup.com, click on the Zweig Letter icon, and just enter your email address. I promise you no spam. All you'll get is the newsletter in a digital format every Monday morning. I really encourage you to do that. I also want to give you a free digital subscription to Civil Plus Structural Engineer Magazine. Uh, really want to encourage you to take part in that. You can also find uh, a link to Civil Plus Structural Engineer Magazine on our main site at zweiggroup.com. Check it out there. And finally, last but not least, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Z-Learning, which is our new online continuing education program. If you want to do some lunch and learns with your people, one of the biggest ways for you to continue to retain great talent is to professionally develop them. And Z-Learning is a tremendous option for you to do that. We offer training um, programs in everything from project management to leadership uh, to financial management for non-financial managers and everything in between. So we really want to encourage you to take uh, advantage of Z-Learning. You can, you can reach that at zweiggroup.com forward slash Z-Learning. A link to everything that I mentioned will be in the show notes, and I certainly encourage you to take advantage of that. Listen, folks, I really enjoy spending time with you every week. Remember, this podcast is available every Friday at noon. Please share this with a friend. Uh, please take a moment to review it on iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast app is and let us know what you think. And if you ever have any questions, just reach out to me. All my contact information uh, is in the show notes. And so we, we really appreciate everything that you're doing to make this industry great. And we hope that this little bit of information helps you uh, as you move through your day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. Remember, our, our sole existence is to elevate this industry by any means necessary, and we can't do it without you. I thank you so much, and I will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this Zweig Letter Podcast episode. If you want more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about M&A, strategic planning, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe now to the digital version of the Zweig Letter free of charge. Just visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe and leave your email address. Your free subscription will begin immediately.